Hello and welcome to the C21 podcast. My name is Jonathan Webdale. This is the first in a series of dispatches from around the world we're going to be running in the coming weeks and likely months as the global coronavirus pandemic continues to grip. No corner of our lives, it seems, will be untouched and the TV industry is no different. We've been reporting in recent weeks how events such as MIP TV, Series Mania, Uh, The US upfronts, LA screenings have been cancelled as a result of the crisis and TV production is of course now grinding to a halt also as filming becomes untenable, either as a result of restrictions on gatherings of people or travel bans. We're increasingly, it seems, locked down in our homes, which is good for TV viewing figures in some respects, but the pipeline of new shows is set to dry up pretty soon, just as the industry was enjoying one of its greatest boom periods. With Europe now the epicentre of the COVID-19 pandemic, the European Producers Club, based in Paris, this week appealed to the European Commission and governments of European Union states to help protect the audiovisual sector during the crisis. I'm joined now by Alexandra Lebray, Managing Director of the EPC, representing over 100 influential independent film and TV drama producers. President Alvaro Longoria, who's also a director and exec producer based in Spain, with credits including Steven Soderbergh's Che and Oliver Stone's Looking for Fidel. And Vice President Darius Jablonski, a celebrated Polish movie director, who's also founder and president of Apple Film Productions, behind The Pleasure Principle, the first international co-production between three Eastern European countries. Alexander, tell us a little bit about the uh, the call that you put out earlier this week, a very uh, stark warning to the European Commission and to EU governments that this industry faces some serious challenges, just like every other industry. But what, what's the scale of it? What are the immediate ones for uh, the TV industry across Europe? We received, um, you know, it started, I think, on, on Friday last week. We received a lot of emails from our members and it started by Italy uh, saying, look, it's a disaster. Our shooting are, are, are stopped down and uh, we are, the post-production are shot, the theatres are shot and, and we are in front of a, a crisis that will transform, transform into a, um, um, a, a financial crisis for us and we don't know how to deal with that. Uh, we are in negotiation with the with the television, with the OTT, with but we are in a situation that is really uh, putting us in danger because of the of the amount of the investment they have in in the shooting because of the fact that the insurance are not taking into account the the pandemic as a as a force majeure, and so and so suddenly there was a, a, a consciousness from Italy that something really big was happening. So we, we started to, of course, to think with Alvaro and Darius and all the board members on how can we, uh, what can we do to, to, uh, to solve that? Not to solve that, but what measures can we put in place uh, for uh, saving the industry for not having uh, 100% of bankruptcy in the next two months? So we started our reflections um, within the board. Uh, Alvaro is a president, Darius is a vice president. We did it all over the weekend, you know, exchanging ideas and emails and so on. And we, we ended up with the document, the 10 measures that you read and, and, and relayed in your press. Talk to us about those 10 measures. You don't have to go through and list them all in detail, but um, give us a summary if you would. Maybe Alvaro, you want to talk about them. 
I mean, what we decided as producers and seeing the nervousness and the, the terrible situation that most of the of the shootings uh, were facing, uh, so we started gathering the what to be to try to be proactive and to try to put things on top of the table in order to allow for this situation to be somewhat uh, mitigated in the event or in the in the extent that it is possible. So we decided to um, to structure these measures. Uh, but into the different stages of production, which is are essentially very simple. Uh, obviously, films that are finished or series that are already finished, which is more applicable to film than to than to television series, which are films that are unable to be released in the way they were meant to be released. So we there we try to essentially make uh, for a liberalization of European regulations, allowing for films to be released in any way in any means, uh, because as you are aware, there are some countries that have strong or strict regulations as to how films can be exploited. Um, second, we, were, we had addressed the issue of uh, uh, productions that are stopped right before they are uh, shot or in the middle of shooting. And this um, generates a big, a big issue with the insurance. As a, obviously, it's very different uh, in each country, and uh, everything pretty much depends on the local characteristics of the insurance and the uh, status within the country where the shot is being cancelled. So it's different in Spain now that the, there's a state of alarm than in the UK where there's no such thing at the moment. So, uh, as you know, insurance companies have this clause called the force majeure that says that when, when there is a force majeure, they are not responsible. So we tried to address that issue and try to propose solutions for that. Um, also, the third, I guess, uh, big uh, measure was to try to uh, ask the governments to give us some financial leeway uh, for companies that are suddenly have to lock down their activities, uh, which in the form of you know tax uh, delays, social security delays, or even uh, providing a uh, very low uh, cost uh, soft loans. Then we also uh, tried to address the issue of um, trying to, to, to link the, the, the platforms, who are essentially the, the, the ones that are having the greatest rise in their consumption with the producers. So try to bring them together and try to initiate a di dialogue with platforms in order to um, allow for uh, supply and demand to join. So there's a lot of gaps on programming on the programming now. As you were saying, a lot of the shows are being canceled, sports are gone. And so essentially there's a lot of opportunity for, for, for filling the gaps. And there's a lot of product that is already done uh, in the library. So we wanted to, uh, to try to get the platform to take a more proactive approach in getting uh, um, library product back on the air. And finally, the last uh, means was to try to ask both governments and private organizations to invest in development, not to lock down. Uh, we think that the most dangerous thing that can happen right now is an absolute freezing of activity uh, because that will lead to a lot of companies going bankrupt. We calculated there's 600,000 uh, people who are freelance, essentially, who are out of a job now. Um, so by asking the players, the big players, which means uh, probably platforms, televisions, 
also public organizations like Yuri Mash or, or the local uh, film funds to keep on their activity and to invest in development to allow for development to continue would allow us to be better prepared for when the restrictions are, are, are gone, which hopefully will be very soon, but uh, it seems it's going to be a few months at least. 600,000 is, is an alarming figure. Uh, the industry obviously does depend on those those freelance workers very very significantly and uh, a prolonged period of, of, of non-production is a is a very serious and uh, you know long-term potential issue for the business you know it's uh, i've i've read uh, a kind of a very confusing comment from ceo of pact john mcveigh that we want money as everybody wants money but uh, uh, in order to understand how how dramatic uh, uh, this blockade is for our business, for our industry, is uh, very important. It is very important to understand what is the specificity of the business of the industry. You know, because first of all, we are based on small and medium enterprises, small companies who are creative labs. You know, there are, there are a few people, uh, companies, and it's very difficult for them to keep uh, sustainable uh, uh, conditions uh, today. And second, what is even more dramatic is that our industry is based, first of all, on creators. And in 95%, that's what we count, it varies in different countries, but they are freelancers and self-employees and it means that in one day when cinemas uh, were closed and shooting stopped they became uh, uh, without any job uh, from today and without any security social securities uh, and this is one thing this is what gives us the right to appeal not only to the governments but also to european bodies but what is even more important, I think that this blockade today will bring consequences for the next two, three years. Because all the productions which are stopped, uh, bringing in cons consequences, bankruptcies of uh, small companies, and the disaster for creators will make a bridge, bridge in uh, European creativity. You know, because it's not easy to come back with all these films which are just devastated by, by, by closing the cinemas and uh, losing money on campaigns, which were aimless at the moment, you know? So, so the situation is, I would say, it's probably a bit more dramatic than in any other industry, because this is creative industry. What feedback have you received as an organization as a result of the appeal that uh was put out earlier this week. I mean, events are moving extremely quickly. Some uh, governments have stepped in and said that there will be financial packages to, to help sustain businesses. Some uh, have mentioned freelancers. Obviously, the gig economy is something which, which reaches far beyond television as well. But um, what's the response been uh, from your appeal? We have massive response from many organizations yeah. and many governments and funds. And Alexandra can tell you more about this, but because we are uh, uh, every hour we add new organizations who co-sign this appeal. 
So we, we, the objective of this appeal is to make understand that a government has to move very fast and, and so, and it was to give them ideas to, to go through the soonest possible. So the first, the first objective was a, a consciousness of uh, the situation and the urgent measures to take. And, uh, and I think in, in that field, we, we achieve a fantastic results because every country related, every producers related, and, uh, and not only to their national bodies, but also to their um, Minister of Culture, to their other organization. And so we are having a lot of, uh, of, um, of, um, of um, uh, information coming back from us on, on this appeal. Now I think the next step will be to implement in details and to see how we can uh, enforce uh, what we proposed. And with regards to the actual uh, platforms, we also have also had some feedback. We understand that a lot of platforms and uh, networks and televisions want to help. They are aware of the problem and they are um, very keen on, on helping. We are having discussions this week uh, and they all want this the ball to continue rolling. Um, and for that, we, we are looking at identifying different uh, measures. In the, I think in, in, in Spain, for example, and in Italy, where the country is a much more, let's say, a one, one week uh, more advanced, uh, if that is, not that, is, that that is good, but one week more advanced into the problem, uh, the governments have had to react more quickly. I mean, Spain announced already some uh, injection of, of funds into the industry. The, I mean, consider the, the audiovisual industry and especially the series in Spain is, is a huge industry or was a huge industry. We have a couple of, uh, of uh, big Netflix hub here, and we have a lot of production going on. Um, so the government realizes that this is a, a big problem. And, and mainly the, what the government is realizing is that the European industry, and I think all of the European governments, is essentially made of very small, is a network of very small companies, mostly freelancers or small, or small group of people. And the moment that crumbles, and the bankruptcies um, uh, fall into a domino effect, it would be very hard for that to be reactivated. So I think that the governments have understood, and I also uh, hopefully we spoke to the European Commission as well, they understand that the, the priority is to keep the network of, uh, of, uh, of industries and um, creators alive and active in some way uh, and prevent the collapse, which would be a disaster. And uh, it's clear that one of the targets is uh, one of the addresses are biggest uh, global platforms. Uh, because no doubt that with so many millions of people uh, being in isolation, platforms and, and broadcasters, but especially platforms will flourish. And this is, this is wonderful, you know, because this is how people will watch our works. But uh, our hope is that they will respond uh, to our invitation to, to find measures to, to support the industry, to be solid, in solidarity with the industry. Because, because on one hand, you know, they, they benefit of our works. And second, uh, it will be very short distance view if they will forget that this disaster will be reflected in lack of uh, programming next year because that's that's obvious uh, result so we would like to convince them first to to increase development because what we can do being uh, locked being closed 
we can still develop and we can write and we can create new programmings. So uh, we would like them to, 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 to declare enlargement of the development uh, works and funds. Uh, on one thing and on, 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 uh, from other point of view or from second point, uh, to be a friendly home for old cinema films which were not uh, released in cinema or will be not released in cinema. But of course, we, on new rules, you know, because, because uh, uh, they could somehow replace a cinema exhibition by giving the access to our audience, but uh, uh, distributors and producers and authors need a compensation. So we hope that they will show their long distance perspective and watching of the industry because we are one, one industry. So solidarity is something which we appeal as well. The shift to on-demand viewing has obviously been a trend which has been happening for a number of years now and that's creating all sorts of uh, challenges both for as you say theatrical distribution of movies and uh, for linear consumption of, of television as well. Do you think that the, the current situation is going to accelerate that uh, adoption of, uh, of on-demand assuming that the broadband networks can of course uh, handle the increased strain I guess? Alvaro? Well, we have seen uh, that, uh, for example, the Chinese uh, example is a good one, no? Uh, and we, uh, uh, I, uh, we looked at the Chinese model, and essentially a lot of the big blockbusters who were coming out in the China is one of the largest uh, cinema tickets, or was one of the largest uh, countries with with uh, most per capita cinema consumption. And obviously that lockdown, and we saw uh, that a lot of... Uh, big films were being released online with great success through their local um, platforms. And I think that is already being uh, taken on by the American studios. Um, and I think it will increasingly be like that because it's a very logical consequence. Uh, there's, a, there's a need for product, there is a product, so just bring it together in the most efficient way. Uh, and right now that should be uh, the norm in the next few weeks. The question is whether we go back to the previous uh, consumption standards or whether this can be a devastating blow for the theaters in the future, which we don't know yet. And as far as uh, series, episodic television goes as well, I mean, it's been enjoying a real boom time, but where, where does TV drama go from here when, when real life is uh, beyond anything any of us i'm sure could have uh, imagined in a in a scripted series well i think that there are two there are possible uh, possible outcomes there was always a, if there is a means there is a, there is a way and the, obviously the first thing is to try to recover as i mentioned before all these existing hours of fantastic programming that are available and not obvious obviously at the uh, access to the to the audience that in the, in the short term, I think will be the best way to fill in the gap, as I was mentioning before. And I think that the, the problem is we don't know what the condition, the shooting conditions will be in the near future. I mean, we are optimistic and hopefully this will, this will come back uh, very soon because there will, there will be a medical solution. So uh, at that point, we have to be ready. That's why it was so important to keep 
um, investing in development. I think it's, it's, a, it's a great time to start creating IPs, interesting stories, writers can work at home, and that's gonna continue. And hopefully the platforms see it like that and they continue to, to bet on, on, on our talent to put shows together. And also there are other um, uh, genres that can be benefited, for example, animation. You know, animation can be, uh, can be a, also a solution in the future because it doesn't need to gather people in order to be made. People can, can animate from home, but uh, we'll see. We are, it's hard early to tell. One, one of our proposed measure is, is dealing with something which uh, we shouldn't forget. You know, it's a, because you asked about, about series. It's a question what the expectation from, from uh, the audience would be uh, in this uh, dark time, you know, in this changing time, if the audience would be willing to, to, to watch more crime and thriller and horrors. Uh, we we think that uh, the visual industry has also some some social obligation and duties, and we have to think about promoting the the programming which is uh, pro societies, you know, pro pro healthy, you know, who is promoting some uh, healthy behaviors and and giving some kind of optimism, you know, because I think that uh, as pandemia is, is global, uh, I, I, I think, I really think seriously that our societies would need kind of a treatment after all those. And it also reflects, uh, uh, it would be reflected probably in uh, the creation we, we will undertake. I have, um, I develop, I'm also a producer, a little, very little producer, an independent producer, and I develop a, a TV series on pandemic. And uh, I developed it for, for the past three years. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's absolutely awful because uh, we, de we develop a new version of the Bible and I received it two days ago, but it's not strong enough, you know, <laughs> when you are, the, the imagination of the situation is, is, is too high. And, uh, the, and the, I, I find the text a little bit weak, but, um, but it's, it's ending very well. well. Alexandra, Alvaro, Darius, thanks very much for joining us today. Uh, we wish you well in your campaign. Uh, we wish you well in your own countries as well. Um, thanks for taking the time. That's all for this episode. There'll be more from the C21 podcast in the coming weeks and months. In the meantime, stay up to date with all the latest news and industry developments by following C21 online on social media and mobile. Thanks for listening.